my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Feltz, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, it is your pick again this week. What have you chosen for us? Well, Dave, I have not picked a martial arts movie. There is no multiverse. This is just a movie completely left field that I used to love as a kid. And it's got a lot of sort of significant coming of age moments. Well, especially when I went to watch it, which I did allude to last week. But it, this is the 1989 Kirstie Alley, John Travolta and Bruce Willis movie, Look Who's Talking. So, Dave, have you got any memories where you first saw this? Saw this on video, so this was a good family movie, which I look at it now and I think, hmm, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Again, I always say, you know, parents just didn't give a shit in the 80s. but So it would have been about 90 uh, that I saw this, so I'd have been about 14, so I know all about the birds and the bees and stuff, but even so, it's a little bit in your face at the start, isn't it? Interesting to use that term coming of age um but yeah i just remember it being so funny and the thing is bruce willis was not the juggernaut really was he that that he became later on and i think it was just such a perfect blend bruce willis's voice in this i i can't think of anyone who could have carried it off any better you know if you'd have put like a, a silly kind of Pee Wee Herman voice or something like that, it had just been too much. And there's just something about, like, say, the the Bruce Willis, the fact that, you know, especially when the baby's in the womb and stuff and he's just sort of having a conversation with himself. I just thought it was so funny. And I remember seeing the second one as well. And I don't think I've seen the third one. But, yeah, I had it on video um, after that initial rental and, and just loved it and just had really fond memories of it without necessarily going back and watching it again. So I was quite intrigued what I thought about it this time. How about yourself? Well, I, I know I told a little bit of a brief story last week. I didn't want to, <clears throat> as they say, quite appropriate for this film, Dave, shoot my load early, but there you go. <laughs> 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 sorry, everyone. I just had to. I don't know. I know I'm sorry. Uh, so, so I went to the cinema. 1989, this came out. I think it came out in the UK a little bit later than 89 because I was still at, at school. So I think it came out early part of 90. However, basically, me and my friends, I blagged my mum and dad. It was my last year in primary school. Said we were going to go and play football or something and then just disappeared to Manchester City Centre, which an 11-year-old was probably stupid even then at 1990. Went to watch it at the Odeon Cinema on Oxford Road. Next door, there used to be like an arcade, so we came out, we watched it, got into a bit... I remember there were some kids in front of us pissing about. We had a bit of a pop at them. This, yeah, this is, this is what happened, actually. We had a bit of a pop at them. They were older than us, Dave. So when we came out of the film... They followed us into the arcade and we ended up going outside round the alleyway for a bit of a straightener and we sort of got beat up, Dave, and they took all my money 
and I was stood next to the fucking bus driver in tears. I want to get home. I want to get home. And he eventually let me on the bus. And I remember coming home, just didn't say a word to me old man or anything. One, because I was embarrassed that we'd got a kick in. And then two, that I'd actually fucking started crying. And I said last week, I wasn't crying because... I was scared about being on my own. I was the oldest of five kids at that point. I'm fucking old. I used to be going everywhere. It was I was just petrified of what my dad would have done. Mm-hmm. One that he knew that his son had shit himself and not, you know, got a bit of a beat. We got beat up by these kids who were older than us. But two, also that I shouldn't have been in Manchester. That's what I was more scared <laughs> about. But anyway, so that's why I always remember going to watch this, loving it. What I went to see the second one, legitimately. Uh, the third one. What the third one is about the dogs, the animals talk to the kids and everything in it. That's what the third one is. But I did, de- I definitely didn't go to the cinema. And I was looking at the dates. We said before we recorded, this came, the third one, about 93. So it was literally just as he was probably about to start filming Pulp Fiction and that. So what a way to go from one movie franchise to another. But absolutely loved it. This had a budget of seven and a half million and it made 300 million. You told me that before, Dave. Unbelievable. Mm unbelievable uh, turnaround. So no wonder there was a bit of a franchise, but I'll tell everybody now, we're not completing this trilogy, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> Don't worry, I will not be putting this one out there. We have plenty of martial arts nonsense that, that I've got in my back pocket that'll be there, that we do before this. But yeah, I just wanted to do it. And also, I've said about Free Men and a Baby as well, and Free Men and a Little Lady. I love both mm. their movies. So, so they'll be on the list at some point. They were just good, sort of family feel good, rompy movies when I was like 12, 13 that I didn't mind watching. This is a rompy movie. <laughs> um, you, know what, yes. you know what I find strange? We did talk about this a little bit before we started recording, but the fact that John Travolta. People talk about Pulp Fiction really being his kind of renaissance, you know, and he'd obviously been huge with staying alive and everything. Everyone seems to forget this, but it was huge at the time, wasn't it? So this was just before, obviously, in in the States, this came out in 89, and then you've got the second and third ones, like you say. So this was a steady stream before Pulp Fiction came out in 94, so... I don't know, obviously, you know, it's a bit grittier, it's a bit more adult, isn't it, the Pulp Fiction, so maybe, you know, part of his Scientology PR people <laughs> are all, like, wanting <laughs> to forget this, you know, um, but it does seem weird how people have got, like, a bit of a blind spot for this. Yeah, and you're right, I mean, it, this is the Scientology year for Travolta 89, because they reckon they get they got him a lot of film things, he seemed to come back into the the fold, but he did it. it look, this did propel him before put a completely different type of movie, different type mm. of acting. It's that sort of slapstick comedy type skit that he's playing, but very similar to what he played in the past. He's never really done really serious stuff. So th- this is along the lines of Danny Zuko, almost in it. You know, he's the he's mm. the hero, but he's he's playing it all for laughs, sort of thing. So I think it's sort of like. He is typecast, obviously Pulp Fiction was something completely different, and that propelled him into all sorts of action movies that he'd never been in. So, yeah, it, 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 it just I just felt this was right, Dave. I've had it on my radar for so long to do, and I just thought, right, we've got to do this at some point. You know what? This I, I hadn't drawn that parallel, but this is Danny Zuko growing up, isn't it? This is Danny yeah. Zuko. He's graduated <laughs> just, and, and he's driving a taxi cab now. 
<laughs> no grease lightning, Dave. But anyway, yeah. I mean, he's, he obviously had that flyaway car right at the end there, but he's, he's well, got yeah. back down. That's that gels together the whole pilot thing, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. I think you've stumbled across something there. <laughs> that no it's not one very often, Dave. beyond us two cares about. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody listens like whatever, lads, whatever. But yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll link anything. Yeah. And there's no link to Lauren Avedon with this one, Dave. So there you go. I've got <laughs> to throw his name just in <laughs> just now. Just throw his name in. But there's no no retreat, no surrender, multiverse. This is a completely different entity. So anyway, shall we get did into our trailer? Just, oh, sorry, just before we get into the trailer, did you see obviously Jack? He's he's going into the uh, the, the multiverse. He's going into mm-hmm. No Retreat, No Surrender. He's watched the first two. Uh, obviously, we're recording this a few weeks ahead, so I've, I've not seen that he's got to the third one yet. Oh, he has. Oh, oh he has, has he? Dave. Oh, has he, he has. he shit on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> Lauren Avedon's like an extra off fucking Saved by the Bell on his right up, Dave. I've read it. Oh, don't you worry about that. It's easily forgettable, I think, the fucking line was. Me and him are not speaking, Dave. Not well, speaking. Don't, don't forget that when I was watching it for that first time, I was like, what is this? You'd bigged it up so much. <laughs> and I was watching it, and I'd loved the first one. You know, just the, and in particular, like the fight scenes and everything. And I see th- Colin uh, messaged us on Instagram as well. He tried to watch it and gave up on the first one about halfway through. I'm like, no, you've got to stick around for the fighting. That that's the best bit. Um, but yeah, I'd hated that third one, and, and I just couldn't get it. But because like it took us a while, didn't it? I actually think yeah. we started to record. And then something happened and we had to stop it. And then so much time had gone by, I had to watch it again. I ended up watching that opening bank scene about four (laughs) times before we actually recorded. And then the more I watched it, the more I just embraced how fucking stupid it was. And uh, it was like, okay, all right. I'm actually kind of enjoying this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and the dad, you know, and the, the 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 stunt guy who, you know, does all the complicated stuff, who just, you know, is usually you see him with a wig on, with his back to the camera. Just all of these things. I, I do have a soft spot now for it. <laughs> so there you go. There's the, there's the link to No Retreat, No Surrender. Absolutely yeah, nothing to do with this film. Uh, just... Uh, <laughs> outside awareness but anyway chris sorry i cut across you before shall we get into our trailer let's go it's the most natural thing in the world no yes no what how could this have happened i take it this wasn't a planned pregnancy it's a beautiful magical experience st jerome's hospital ah John Travolta. Come on, breathe deep, breathe deep. Try to help me just cry. Kirstie Alley. Give me some drugs. Oh, thank you a really lot. Now that is a little more like it. Hey, here's Mr. Hand here. Wow. And Bruce Willis as the voice of Mikey. Help! Help! Put me back in. Put me back in. So you're the one that's been kicking me. 
the one that ate all that spicy food. Now Mikey's mommy needs his help. I'm going to get you the best daddy there is. All right, I'm on the case too. But when you think like this little guy... Boy, I got to think about getting my own place. There's a lot to distract you. One of those little furry things over your eyes. No, no, let me grab one. Come here. There we go. Discover with Mikey the wonders of life. Fellas, listen, I got something cold and wet in my shorts down here. Guys, listen, fellas. The unexpected delights of family. Oh, yeah. She's gone. And the gratifying search. You know, that's breast milk. For the perfect daddy. Mikey does need a father. I just thought of someone perfect for you. You'll love him. Who was that clown? I want you to be my daddy. And I'll tell mommy about it. You really think you're responsible enough to be a father? Now, this is called driving. This ain't so tough. Mikey! Mikey! Well, I got this driving thing knocked. <laughs> Look who's talking. What a sweetie. You must be thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> Lunch. Yeah, right back at you, babe. Mm. Molly is an accountant living in New York City, and she's having an affair with Albert, who's a womanising executive who's married with two daughters himself, and then Molly becomes pregnant, somehow. During her pregnancy, Molly and Albert keep their indiscretion secret, under the idea that she was artificially inseminated, and that Albert plans to leave his wife Beth and their two children. The baby, while growing inside Molly, begins to make voiceover commentary and demands. Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, Dave, I've got to admit, I've seen it loads, but I've not seen this, I reckon, 20 years at least. I've got to be honest, maybe even late 90s when I last seen it, so maybe even further back. Uh, no, that is 20-odd years. Anyway, that's 23, <laughs> whatever it is, 24 years. Uh, but anyway... Um, yeah, it is pretty adult themed, isn't it? Now this yeah. is more like you know you'd, you'd you'd all go as kids. Like I say, I went to watch this as a PG at the cinema, so it's not like it was a fifteen. But the the tone of it, I mean, you know, Kirstie Alley's character, she, she's having an affair. It's like she really she shouldn't be a redeemable character, should she? Because this sleazy old fucking Gary Glitter guy's having a bit with a twenty something woman. I had a massive thing for Kirsty Alley really did we talked about it last week I always thought she was stunning mm. around this time when she was in Cheers as well I've always thought she was beautiful so so I was I was really invested in a in a her as a character like John Travolta yeah it just starts really up but like I say the whole like the the, the sperm going into the fucking egg that okay. scene is brilliant you know they're like come on Ray! you know <laughs> Fucking and the brilliant. effects are fucking brilliant, aren't they? There's, yeah, they are. There's all practical <laughs> effects. There's no bloody <laughs> CGI or anything. I, I'd just completely forgotten about this bit. You know, and I'm like, fucking hell. And so, that's why, in my head, this is a wholesome family movie. But, you know, you're dealing with <laughs> infidelity. It's very upfront with some of the sexual themes and stuff. And I was like, huh. Maybe maybe I'm not remembering this quite quite as well. So yeah, I, I'm sure there were more than a few parents that that probably taped over that bit. <laughs> <at the beginning. laughs> well, even even like when she it shows very quickly within about five minutes of the movie starting, we see them having an affair. She's his accountant. 
he's kissing her on the neck. She goes crazy. Next minute, the sex, you see, you don't see anything. You see her and him sort of straddle each other. And then you see that, like, is that the opening scene of the sperm? Yeah, but yeah. she gets the nine months pregnant pretty quick. And the reason she ends up breaking a water is because fucking Albert is fucking having an a bit with some girl in a changing room, some other 20-something young girl. You know, he's, he's there with her. They're laughing, her and a friend, who's like, oh, he's having a bit of fun. Next minute, the curtain comes. It's him. She runs off. She goes into labour, and then John Travolta appears. And John Travolta there, I've got to say. Now, his taxi ride to the, to <laughs> the hospital is definitely reminded me of Die Hard 3 when Simon <laughs> yeah. says, Gruber's brother says, and I love that scene where they've got to get 14 blocks in rush hour. And then yeah, John Travolta's yeah. like, we'll do American football. He went, what? He said, you know, you need a, a block. And he rings up and says, one of the police is down. But I have a little bit of a story, quick story. When I first went to New York in 2018 with work, the guy who organised it, O'Brien, he just, I think I said, I've said it before on this podcast, so forgive me, but he, he was literally a fixer. That's what he does. So all the main directors of my company, when they go to these massive advertising things, all these places where you've got these celebrities, royalty, he pays the places and venues off. So they're in the best spot, the people who own my company. You know, you like you do, Dave, like peacocking. Mm. Well, there's them again. They're up there, you know, rubbing hands with the, the, the finger Monaco, the Prince of Monaco, whatever you are, the King of Monaco, whatever he is. The things like that. There's all these things going on. He was telling us all these stories. And um, everywhere we went, he was just paying people off. I told you the story about me getting called up on the stage with them fucking proper session musicians. I would have just been completely embarrassed. And, <laughs> and I would just got off. But what he did was he didn't tell us. He got one of the girls to, to hail a cab because obviously you've done it yourself. In New, you've been more times than me. You go in New York. You've got to be quite aggressive. You can't just put your hand up, can you? You've got to sort of go into the road and really put your hand up to flag a cab. So this girl's like, I've always wanted to do it. So he says, you've got to be dead aggressive. The first couple, she didn't get it. Next one, she gets it. And then one of the other women did it. We had two taxis. There was eight of us. What we didn't know, Dave, I am not exaggerating, was Brian had spoke to both cab drivers and said, whoever gets quickest to our hotel, I'll give you a big tip. Oh, my fucking God, Dave. <laughs> he drove like John Travolta. There was four of us in the back of the cab. You know, when you're holding on to them hand things. My my was like my arm was almost like Arnie in Twins. You know, when he rips his shirt because he, I haven't got biceps like that. But, you know, you're just petrified. How they didn't hit the other taxis, the bibbing, the jumping light. I was, it was like being in a fucking film, an absolute <laughs> See, I'm fast. thinking planes, trains and automobiles with <laughs> Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, yeah, you're probably right. But you know, like that, you're just petrified. And when we yeah. got there, he'd given both a tip in the end. He didn't like go all, yeah, but it was like a joke. And I didn't know, and we'd gone from like Chelsea Village all the way up to... Central Parks, we were staying on 6th Avenue, around the corner there, around uh, Central Park. It was, I've never been so scared in my fucking life, Dave. And I've been on some planes where there's been some bad turbulence. I was whacking myself. And we got <laughs> out and he was laughing. And he just reminded me of John Travolta doing the same thing, the way he was fucking driving. I was like, oh my God, I've been in a taxi like that. Yeah. Now, I've not had that kind of experience in the US. But the first time I went to India, fucking hell. This was to Mumbai, and, you oh know, you, you've driven around. You can't drive yourself there. Well, you probably can if you want to take your life into your own fucking hands. But I, I just remember as well, like, just, there's no lanes. There's, or, or there's, like, two lanes here and six lanes of traffic. <laughs> and, like, 
the the way they tended to use I, I don't know I've not been there for a few years but they seem to use their horns as like a, a communication device as well yeah. not it's not like here like in the UK especially not so much in New York but but it's like if you use your horn it's an aggressive play that isn't it whereas there yeah. it's more like oi I'm here just just so you know because they're all so fucking compressed and I remember getting to the hotel and I was just fucking so happy it was like the fucking pope kissing the ground you know when he gets (laughs) just like i need to get to the fucking bar straight away to just take the edge off this so that's the closest i've come but chris i never got as a kid and even more now this relationship between albert and molly you know, yeah. you've got Kirsty Alley there. She's playing. She's actually playing a thirty-three-year-old, but she is gorgeous. Now, George Seagal is playing Albert, and if this was like George Clooney, I mean, George Clooney's sixty now, but George Seagal was fifty-five when this came out, and he's no George Clooney. <laughs> so, I'm just no. like. I don't get it. I don't get why, you know, she's she's in this affair with him. But also, even when he's such a douchebag, you know, he's got these two young daughters. So presumably his wife was pretty young as well. You know, I, I just, I never bought it. And that, I, I buy it even less now. And especially when, you know, she's fucking approaching labor there. And he's having it away with another one. <laughs> it's like, come on. I, I'm not buying the casting of, of this guy for this. Like, I, I'm sure there are plenty of 55-year-olds having it away with 33-year-olds. But I, I guess they're playing up the power thing. You know, the fact that he's maybe minted. But I, I just never bought it. I know, and I'm with you. I, even when I watched it as a kid, I was like, well, he's just an old bloke. And I agree, it's the power thing. But really, like Molly, she, she's a fucking house, a home wrecker, isn't she, really? You know, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's not nice that she gets pregnant and he just fucks her off. That's the whole premise of it. But again, John Travolta's picked her up in a taxi. Next minute, he's there while she's got a fucking legs. He's there sitting there like, <laughs> think he's the dad. She's not correcting him. She's only just met him 10 minutes before. And then... He's in the life, he's in a life. And I, I must admit, once the baby's born, Mikey, and you've got all that, there's this weird thing where all of a sudden his post is going to Molly's fucking flat. I didn't get what it. Is, I, I, I didn't, didn't understand get it. that. Yeah, I know he's he's trying to pretend that like he's got a, an address in Manhattan. Yes. So yeah. his dad can get into a decent care home. But... Like he's literally got nothing to do with this woman other than he gave her a taxi ride. Okay, he ended up fucking being there. <laughs> Security yeah. wasn't all over it. Um, but he could have done that with any address, you would have thought, because he, he didn't really have a relationship with her at that point. No, no, it was it was bizarre. And obviously his dad, Avery Golder Dave, what film yeah, was he out of? Yeah. There's more two movies that we've reviewed, The Godfather and probably the most important one, Dave, the Cannonball Run 2, he's the guy who's one of the mobsters who's trying yeah, to Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, of the but, shit ones, um, isn't he? Yeah, the shit ones <laughs> with the fucking, them fucking spat shoes on and that. But, but no, you're right. I, I I couldn't work out how 
that would even come to pass. You, you babysitting for this woman. And again, Dave, let's be honest. I'm not saying, you know, it, it, I know it sounds horrible, but she's very trusting for um, John Travolta's character, James, to babysit yeah. a son. She just goes, knock yourself out. I'm going out on some dates. I want to go to the gym. I want to go to keep fit. No problem. And, and yeah. it's a, she's a bit of a shit mum, really, because she literally leaves it all to James, doesn't she? And that, it's really, like, well, strange. Uh, well, hold your horses a sec. What I think they do quite well is they play up how difficult it is being a single mum. And the fact that these babies do not sleep for eight hours. That's <laughs> they, true. They want feeding very regularly. And, you know, I'm sure being a single mum must be a fucking nightmare. Trying to manage it with two year and, you know, having sleep fucking shifts and whatever and then just like oh the baby's asleep it's two o'clock on a saturday afternoon right i'm gonna get some nap time in as well you know i i thought it it did quite a good job there and like we haven't really talked about bruce willis and the the, the voiceovers that he does but you know there's that moment isn't there where he's he's talking to the little uh sleep things you know like the sleep animals what were they called yeah. Above his uh, cot. Yeah. He's saying, yeah. hey guys, I've got cold, something cold and wet in my shorts down here. You know, can you help me, guys? <laughs> and so he ends up crying. And then she comes in and gives him a bottle and stuff. And he's like, oh, I get this. This is how it works. I cry. And this lady brings me uh, some milk. And, it, you know, so then you see this repetitive cycle and everything, don't you? So I, I think it did a good job there. And, like, Kirsty Alley was playing it, that she's just fucking exhausted. And I remember, you know, before I had kids, I remember someone saying to me, oh, no, I think it was, I think it was in the first few months of having the first baby. And they said, oh, well, when, just at the point when you think you can't handle it anymore, they start sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So you, you forget, you know, yours, Jordan's grown up for you and mine, are, you know, they, they don't need a bottle anymore. So, you know, they're, they're a bit older, but you do forget. It is fucking grueling. And to do it on your own is fucking hard. So it's not like she's asking John Travolta to do everything, but... She is very trusting to invite this taxi driver into her life and, and look after her prized possession. <laughs> well argued there, Dave. I like that. I like that. Well put. Well put before I offend everyone. I wasn't trying to offend everyone, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I get it. I'm the oldest of nine kids, Dave, so I understand what you're saying. I understand. But no, I think, I think the, the dynamic of the movie is there's no bit in the movie where I genuinely laughed out loud. I think the story meanders along. It's all sort of her trying to live a life, go back to work. James is there as the backbone of it all. He's going on dates. She's going on dates. It's been one of the funniest ones when she says she's going out with some guy and he's like, I can't what she said his profession was. And she's like, yeah, you'll be on for half nine. You know, it's just like different things. I always remember the Dolly Parton line when he goes to see and he, she said, oh, he goes, see, so got your figure back. And then he went, oh, maybe Dolly Parton's because she pulls the topping because her, 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 <laughs> uh, her breasts are rather large Dave. So I think as a kid, I was that cartoon character of my eyes popping out of my head at that point. Um, but, but yeah, it, the story is not amazing. It's just, 
like it's just a love story, isn't it? James is there being the dad that Mikey needs, and I think you're right. And I went so bad. Bruce Willis makes the film because if it was just purely Kirsty Alley and John Travolta without the the, the talking of Mikey, yeah. it'd be pretty crap to be honest. But the dialogue and the way Bruce Willis delivers it is brilliant. I, I think you're right. I, I'm just looking up here the blind dates that um, that Molly goes on. The, the just listed as Mr. Impatient and Mr. Anal. <laughs> and uh, dare I suggest, Chris, if she'd gone out with the latter, she wouldn't have had a baby problem. <laughs> I did not say that, Dave. But there you go. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly it's on. It's a different movie, that, Dave. But anyway. <laughs> I just thought it was funny they, they gave them those names. But... Um, yeah, completely agree. Bruce Willis makes this movie, and apparently a lot of his lines, especially the more uh, R-rated ones for, uh, you know, him ad-libbing. And, you know, even when he's in the womb and, you know, she gets some, some drugs and whatever, and he's, like, tripping out, <laughs> tripping out, isn't he? He's like, hey, there's Mr. Hand here, and you see the special yeah. effects and stuff. I just think it's so, so good, and, like, you know, even the... Uh, that when he first comes out, it's like, hey, put me back in, put me back in. You know, it's just, I think everything he does is perfectly delivered. But what I kind of forgotten about is Mikey grows up quite quickly. I yes. don't quite know how old Mikey is supposed to be, but he seems to go from a baby to about what do you reckon, three or four or something? Three. I reckon about three. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, pretty... These are just no... <laughs> it's, not, it's not like we've got the time stone, Dave. It's, it just it just happens, doesn't it? You know, yeah. she's at work, and the, the, the relationship is them two bumbling along. James obviously reveals to her that he loves her, you know, pretty much pretty into this, but she's having none of it. And I think... I think when, when you, you go through that, and knowing that, like, what because this is all set in New York, isn't it? Mm. So it's so it's you know it's that sort of uh, lifestyle, hustle and bustle, being in the apartments, moving away. He's obviously the cab driver, but when when she comes to meet Albert again after a couple of years, and it's like she has this, she's having these dreams, isn't she? She's had one before she gave birth where she's holding onto the clock thing and falling mm, off a building, very yeah, yeah. very Harold Lloyd in in uh, origin, old school there. Movies, and she has these weird little like things where she and she falls asleep when she's waiting to go and see him, and he's talking about like she they're calling Mikey, and he's calling Mickey, and she's going mad saying it's fucking Mikey, and she allows it. But then we get that stupid fight between James and Albert. It comes to the apartment at this point, Dave, and you're correct. If if Mikey's three for three years, James has pretty much been his dad mm. in all but name, and. He also, in fact, I'm going to, I'm actually going to trip back up on myself because something happens at the end, which for a three-year-old should be speaking actually when he says to James, you know, Dada sort of thing. Mm. They're supposed to be usually about yeah, yeah. over a year, aren't they? But he is about three, I think. But it's the scrap they have with the phone. It's just stupid. <laughs> and I was just like, he went, well, she was artificially inseminated. No, she wasn't. Why have I got a key? I mean, this guy's not been with her for three years and he's still got a key to the apartment or two yeah. years or whatever it is. There's a few bits that are just silly. And obviously then James and her fall out. But 
My favourite bit of the whole movie is when John Travolta goes to the flying thing. We know he's a pilot and everything. He's chatting <laughs> to that girl who's got an unbelievable um, vocal range on her, shall we say. And he's like, you think about what I'm thinking, Mike. And then Bruce Willis just delivers, yeah, lunch. I love that line, Dave. <laughs> so Everyone else is thinking somewhere else. And he's like, oh, there's some milk in there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> It was just perfect, and and that's when I think the movie's at its best, is, is the Bruce Willis lines. And, you know, when, you were talking about when Molly was in the uh, in the office for Albert, you know, and it, again, it just didn't add up for me. Like, he's he's not been in this kid's life. He's, he's saying he's going through this selfish phase and whatever, but he's got this flesh-and-blood kid that he's just fucking ignored for a couple of years. I, I, it just makes no sense. And then what also doesn't make sense is, you know, Mikey's in the corner there, and he's sort of sheepishly stood there. <laughs> he's like, oh, too much fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Albert's like, is he taking a dump? And I'm like, but you've already got kids. Now, that's something I would expect someone who's not got kids to, like, you know... Especially when you're at that age, you must have seen it even more than me, Chris, because you you had Jordan quite early on in your life, didn't you? Yeah. So when all your mates and stuff, they haven't got kids, they don't get it. They don't get what it's like. And Albert, with that comment there, it just it sounded like someone who didn't have kids there. And then what I also don't get, Chris, is he's going on about his $10,000 table or however much it cost. can't quite remember. I think it was $10,000. And she's got a nappy. And you can see there's a tiny little bit of brown in this nappy. Like a little fucking bit. And she slams it down on the desk. She's like, now it's junk. And it's like... It's not really, though, is it? Just <laughs> fucking clean it up. It, it doesn't. It doesn't render the fucking table junk, and you've got to take it down and skip, like. And also, when you had kids, you have fucking explosive nappy events. Oh <laughs> yeah, basically like fucking like carry, but brown and not red. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like fucking. I, I, there's just a lot that doesn't make sense to me, and dare I say, Chris, I, I, I do enjoy this movie, but I don't think the script is great. I don't think it's that good a movie. I just think, if you watch this in highlight form, you know, if someone's cut out, I don't know if they have, but almost like a a, a long trailer you would get all of the best bits. You would get all of the best Bruce Willis lines. I can't think that there's many particular great lines from uh, Kirstie Alley or John Travolta. It's just all yeah. the Bruce Willis bits, isn't it? It is, to be fair. And just looking ahead as you were talking, he's two years old, Dave, in this. Cause there's, okay. There's a, there's a few kids pe- playing from being four months a year and two, so he's about two. But But again, you're right. It's all about Bruce Willis. He makes the movie great dynamic, and I know he didn't score very well. It was sort of just scored in the middle. I think I absolutely loved it as a kid. Like I, said, I thought it was mm. brilliant. I, I really did. And having younger brothers and sisters, it was always one of the things where I'm like, are they really talking in the head? Like you know, like my brother Chris is an absolute dick or something. You know, like leave him. <laughs> you know, it always used to get me thinking. I was like eleven when this came out, but I think 
as the movie goes on, we have this scene where Vincent's dad basically goes full on John Rambo at the care home, but he Christopher Lloyd in uh, Nobody. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's, he gives a woman a black eye, sort of fobbed off. The carer, look, he's done to me arm. I mean, he, the dad's covered in blood anyway, you know, uh, the old man. And it's like... The carer is one of the most uncaring people I've ever met, Dave. He's like something you'd see on a Channel 4 documentary where they've been abusing the patients. He's just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going. He's fucking, he's a mean old bastard and all this. Yeah. like, well, that's not how you speak to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really it, weird. It was like it was a surprise to him. I mean, I, I do think, Chris, especially with stuff like Alzheimer's, you know, we've, we've, recently watched Afterlife, haven't we? Yes. Third season's yeah. come out. And although, you know, I, I don't think it was as good as the previous two seasons, it almost had to be how it was. It's a bit more... Uh, it's a bit lighter. It's a bit yeah. more positive in tone and stuff, whereas the first two were fucking horrendous, but those gave you some of the, the biggest laughs. With his dad, you know, that shows us on the screen what it's like to have you know there's all sorts of different uh versions of of uh dementia and alzheimer's and whatever but in this i i found it so jarring that it's like it's like they've dragged this carer in off the street and he doesn't know like what alzheimer's or anything is yes and clearly yeah. his dad's got something and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, he's not acting like a, a regular human being. Well, well, no, that's that's part of the fucking point. And I do feel like, as a society, we're kind of protected from what actually happens because people don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that more than anything. And I agree with your statement on... Uh, statement, fucking old Dave. Your comments on Afterlife... <laughs> I think the last two episodes, are, well, the last episode's good, but I did not find it as good. Whereas other mm. people I know, I thought it was better than the first two s- series, and I cannot see it. Me and Sam mm. watched it. We love Ricky Gervais. We do our own podcast, Back to the Office, about The Office. We love Ricky Gervais. Everything, everything he's done, we both love. But, yeah, just didn't hit the mark. However, the last episode was brilliant. I yeah, thought the last, and I think... The way it ended. I think he's not in it enough, Gervais. That, that's yes. my fundamental problem I think I've got with it. He spends too much time with some of the other characters that I don't particularly like. Like the old yes. guy who think, who's like fucking thinks he's a comedian and just tells these horrendously fucking inappropriate yeah. jokes that yeah. aren't funny. You know, it's not like Frankie Boyle. Like, you know, they're horrendously inappropriate but funny. Um, it just spends too much time with him and it's like, yeah, but I don't care about him. I'm with you. The guy with the beard, Dave. Absolute. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand why he had so much airtime with that series at all. It felt as if Ricky Gervais wanted to be behind the camera more. But anyway, I know it's nothing to do with this. But you're right. I'm with you. And we'll have to do that as a review at some point because the whole series. Because I've got loads to say about that. Really strange. Strange. But I think it's a great point. We should do, shouldn't we? Sorry. No, no, that was it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we, we should do it at some point. So let, let's yes. maybe do it as a late fees or something, you know, yeah. even beyond that or what have you. But um, another bit that I did remember where uh, is where they're, they're about to get it on, you know, because a lot of this movie is Willy Wontley, isn't it? And uh, yeah. she just has these flashbacks, you know, to this future life that she's going to have, um, you know, and fucking John Travolta, 
he's been doing a bit of bin dipping, hasn't he, for some burgers and stuff. And it's like just because it, just because it's free, doesn't mean it's got no uh, value in it. So you know, and she she decides to chuck him out after that. I, I remembered that, but again, I'm watching it now, and it's like, huh, it, it doesn't really land for me that scene. I, I don't know why. It's just it seems a bit just a bit shit, really. It's not funny. It's not not anything. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think I think like as it as it comes to its conclusion, the one thing that is utterly ridiculous is that Mikey ends up in the back of the tow truck or the back of the car yeah, with the yeah. tow truck, right? So he's two years old, right? And so he's sat there, they're chasing after him, John Travolta, Kirsty Alley, you know, the J- James and that Molly, they're chasing after him. Mikey, Mikey. This two-year-old Dave, when they eventually catch up to the tow truck, can open a door, shut it, because the door's not fucking open, and then run about 100 metres down the fucking middle of the fucking <laughs> the road in New York, right? And nobody sees anything. And John Travolta actually sees him x-ray vision-like through about four, car, four rows of cars because mm. he runs in between loads of cars to get to him. I know it's done for effect, and it's like, oh, my God, and we get that Superman 2 level of car smashes where everyone avoids Mike, and he's just sat in the middle of the road like, hello, I'm here. Yeah, but yeah. that was unbelievable. Tell you what, and pl- plenty of people off. died. I mean, Mike yeah, was no. all right, wasn't he? But fucking yeah. hell, that was yeah, carnage. There was, about, <laughs> all right, there was about 20 cars piled up. And I get thinking, if that was me, I'd be like, you irresponsible wankers. And I'd probably go over and chin the dad and be like, well, because insurance is fucked. Dave. I kept thinking of the poor people's cars. I know it's a movie, but I'm like... Them cars are wrecked. And I would be, the first thing I'd be doing is like, why the hell are you not watching your kid? You know what I mean? Because this kid's just in the middle of the road. But it's to do with the fact that Mikey then calls him Dada. At two years old, Dave, I think you'd be, usually most kids have have, have got a little bit of, they usually said daddy or mummy pretty early, haven't they? About maybe 12 months, 15 months old. So it's a bit, that's not, well, not every kid's the same. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't go, and that's the s- signal for them both to realise that they're made together, aren't they? That they, that they are going to be this couple and they get the kiss and everything and all that stuff, which is nice. I didn't hate the movie at all. I, I am with you. The fucking story is ridiculous, but I did enjoy it. There's so many things mm. you could question about it. So many, like with, like I said about Molly being a home wrecker, you know, the whole Albert thing, blagging James for three years. It was artificial insemination and all this, but it's all sort of, like you always say, the, the wishy-washy... <laughs> The fucking plot devices are just like, <laughs> forget about that. They're in love now at the end. It's a bit thingy when you really sit back. But it is an enjoyable movie. Yeah. And I think this, Chris, this might be, if I try and look at it a different way, this might be one of the most progressive type of movies that we've seen. A lot of the fucking stuff we watch is is pretty horrendous, isn't it? When we go yeah. back and you look at some of the misogyny and the fucking racism and everything, it, 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 it's, it shocks us sometimes. Whereas, I mean, this was the fourth highest grossing movie in 1989. But I'm looking at the rest of the list and there's nothing really that tells a story of a woman. You know, because it's really, a lot of it's more about her perspective as well as Mikey's like it's her trying to 
like make her way through life isn't it it's her yeah you know she's got this whole thing with a biological clock and you know she's trying to make her way in life and she's trying to find a you know not just a partner but a new dad for a you know for mikey and stuff so the the three highest can you have a guess 89 back to the future two yeah yeah that's one batman yeah for michael keaton so that Uh, that, you've named them in reverse order so third was back to the future two second was batman okay don't say anything don't say anything um is it something I should get? I am not sure if you would. I think you'll you'll hate this, uh, actually. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, right, I'm gone. Um, 1989. It's like a few good men or something like that. No, no, it's uh, it's a big franchise. Should I, should I give you a few more clues? It's a clue, so, one. So let, let me try and impress you. Junior... Indy, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> is it Sean Connery? Is it Sean Connery? Um, <laughs> Sean Connery Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones at the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I actually watched that one all the way through and actually oh, really? the third one, even though it's like oh, the other right. soft Dave. But yeah, I didn't mind that one. Maybe it was Connery. the Connery love that uh, yeah, that took you through the, there. But the accent. I mean, the others: Dead Poet Society, Lethal Weapon Two. Surprised yep. you didn't get that one. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters 2, The Little Mermaid, Born on the 4th of July. So from that list, Chris, most of them are targeted either at blokes or at kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, you know, because I went to cinema to watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as well. Yeah. I did go to Rick Moranis, yeah. So you know, one it actually, uh, it put a blocker on uh, Marvel actually progressing with an Ant-Man movie. Still like, oh, can't fucking release Ant Man now, can we? Because they've just they've just done it with Honey Ant Man. Yeah, the kids. that was a great movie. That as well. That it was, was a good. good movie. You know yeah, what? I've oh, not even thought of doing that one, you know. But it was a great movie at the time, wasn't it? Mm, I loved it. Actually, I went cinema to I had it on video and everything that day. Mm. That's a proper old school eighties uh, movie. Well, late eighties, but yeah, Rick Moranis is good, isn't he? He's the dad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, um, nice. you know, the other one that doesn't appear on this list, Craze, the other classic from 1989 was, of course, Cage, you know, but... Uh, well, obviously... <laughs> I think we'd have to go quite a bit down the list before that appears. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking movie. That is unbelievable. Right, <laughs> shall we get into the review scores? <laughs> Let's go. So, Dave, I'll go first. I'll pick this. I always say I'll go first, but I will go first on this. It was my pick, this. So, I really enjoyed it. It's not going to win any Academy Awards. Like we, like you said, we sort of stumbled up across this, but he's basically playing Danny Zuko. I'd said it before, but you're right. And when you, when you put the dots together, like you said, you're completely right. It's just him being typecast as that sort of bumbling idiot. You know, heart's in the right place, but... He's a bit of a fool. Kirstie Alley's not amazing. Her character's not really redeemable for me, uh, off the pretense of that. But also, Albert's an even worse bastard, who's the dad of Mikey. 
Bruce Willis steals the show completely, and the way they get the kid to do certain things is excellent. Even like picking the phone up, give you know, give James a ring, and she's getting the phone, pretending to speak to him, and all that. All daft things. I'm sure it took loads of takes to do, but it works so well. How they must have shot these things, going well. This is what he's going to say, unless they did a screen-like thing where. Bruce Willis or a other actor is reading the lines out at the same time, maybe in the in the back or something. But either way, it works really well. So, so I, I enjoyed it. It's not amazing. I'm putting it straight in the middle, Dave. I'm sending it to Hill Valley. I'm glad I've picked it. It's somewhat different, but I've got some shit on my sleeve, Dave, and it's my pick next time. So don't worry, normal service will be resumed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You have to be careful how you phrase that, don't you? Yeah, well, I've yeah. got some shit right up here, right up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing football on the field. And fucking, it's all up there. But um, no, no, brilliant. Uh, fucking hell, Chris, this, this is really annoying because I'm sure we've agreed the last few weeks, or it certainly feels like it. I can't help but like this movie. So even if I try and critique it, I, I think the plot is a bit crap. I think the uh, not you know John Travolta and Kirstie Alley just have a great chemistry together. So even though you know the script, I don't think is great, they do bring something extra to the screen. But you take away the baby scenes and the Bruce Willis voiceover, and this this film is absolutely nothing. So that does make the whole movie for me. I don't think I'll be going back to watch this uh, anytime soon. And I, one thing we didn't mention, actually, was uh, the baby voice changes at the end, doesn't it? It's, uh, oh, who is it? Is it Joan uh, Rivers at Joan the Rivers, end? Yes. Yeah. But then the second movie was actually Roseanne Barr, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, so, you know, they kind of screwed themselves up a bit there. But, but yeah, I, I just think you can watch this in highlight form quite easily. And, and it's basically just a, a longer trailer. Because a lot of the trailer bits, they give away some of Bruce Willis's best lines, don't they? And so, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable, but just very, very middle of the road. You know, just a, a pleasant movie, but not enough to make it to Pleasantville. So it's definitely a Hill Valley for me as well. Oh, good good stuff, Dave. Now, Mr. Horrocks, this is your pick, and you were going to pick something amazing. Well, you know, an iconic movie, but you've picked something even better. You changed your mind, Dave. You were persuaded by one of our amazing good friends, Mr. John Hammond, Dave. What are we going to do next? Now... <laughs> So, so full transparency. So, I had in the calendar Pulp Fiction, a genuinely, objectively great movie, in my humble opinion. But one of the things I love, Chris, is not just the back and forth that we have, and then we go back and then we we look at the, these movies and stuff, but the interaction we have with the patrons as well. I, I love like some of the suggestions that come out and whatever. But John had put this up and. I'd, I remember seeing it from the video shop, but I never picked it up. Whereas now, watching it with some of the hindsight we've had from Cobra Kai, it takes on a whole new form. Now, there's a lot of our friends and stuff who love these shit movies, and uh, I did see that Max had watched this. I thought Max might like it. Nope, fucking hates it. <laughs> but, but, Chris, this is a 1993 movie starring William Zabka, Martin Cove, 
and Bolo Young. And it is called Shoot Fighter. Let's get into the trailer. In the shadowy world of full-contact martial arts, there exists a new phenomenon that is sweeping the world. It is a competition more vicious and more deadly than any you have ever seen before. What kind of fighting are we talking about? It's called Shoot Fighter. Shoot Fighter. Fight to the death. I hope you brought your body back. Let the competition begin. Where men fight to win. Or never fight again. One night, 3,000 bucks. You gotta do this. Shoot fighter. Let me quickly explain the rules. In the ring, there are no rules. There can be only one champion. Starring martial arts wizard Bolo Young of Double Impact and Bloodsport. Martin Cove of Rambo, William Zabka of The Karate Kid, Marianne Dabo from The Living Daylights, and introducing three-time world karate champion Michael Bernardo, Edward Albert of Getting Even, and 13 of the world's greatest, most electrifying masters of the martial arts. The trap is set. You're up. We should get the hell out of here. It is a deadly game where survival depends on one simple rule. Kill or be killed. I don't waste my time with losers. You may return next month for the finals. But be advised, in the finals we use weapons. Gentlemen, it's time. Exploding with head-spinning martial arts action like nothing ever before brought to the screen. Welcome to the finals. You're up next. It's the ultimate hand-to-hand combat. To the death. Finish him. Shoot fighter. Fight to the death. Dave, what a fucking film. And it's on Amazon (laughs) Prime, everybody. There's two versions, actually, because you point me, there's actually a version on YouTube, which is better quality, isn't it, Dave? Yeah. Uh, Which is the same film, it's the same, there's nothing uncut, so you can either go on YouTube to watch it, full movie, or if you've got Amazon Prime Video, it's on there as well, guys. But And the Amazon Prime Video, I think Max has said, you said it to me as well, is it's basically the, basically the VHS. They've done nothing with it, but the YouTube yeah. one, for some reason, looks upscale. But either way, you are in for a treat of the ages. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is awesome. Um, I, you know, watch the trailer, and like I say, having watched Cobra Kai and everything, and obviously we've we've just watched the fourth season. We did a, a late fees Patreon review for that as well, didn't we? And yeah. just having this land there, it's like, oh, shit. And there's more than a little bit of a Cobra Kai feel about it, isn't there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert, but Martin Cove at the start is basically in full Cobra Kai gear. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's got, he's, he is playing fucking Kree, Sensei Kree. And, and Zabka is just basically typecast as Johnny Lawrence, but his name's slightly different. He is just, he is Johnny Lawrence in this movie. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And Bolo Young, for once... He's a goody, and I'm not going to say any more, Dave, which is unbelievable because I've never seen him be a goody. Yeah. No, so. honestly, and I'm sure I so I don't want to say too much more because I'll probably talk about this in terms of the background, but I always remember this being in the martial arts section in Blockbusters. So when I'm putting out the videos and stuff, and I always remember seeing it there, that iconic cover, and you can see like it's got Bolo Young on it. It's like, fucking hell, does this guy age or what? So I just remember him from yeah. uh, Enter the Dragon. 
but just never really picked it up at all I think you know in that in that when I remember seeing it from I, I think I've said before I started working in blockbusters about 96 so I was kind of like I was past my martial arts phase then so I, I just didn't really uh ever fancy picking it up but what a miss but I think if I had watched it back then Chris I wouldn't have got as much enjoyment I think I'm getting more enjoyment out of it because of Cobra Kai yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The, the, we laugh about the multiverse, but this is tipping on the edge of it again, Dave, isn't it? It's yeah. just silly. It's just silly nonsense, but you've got to watch it, guys. I, I am not listening if you don't watch You have to watch it. It's amazing. What a film. What a film. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, Chris, do you want to do the Patreon roll call of honour? I will. So if you want to support us, guys, go to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. Big thank you. I always say past and present to all our Patreons. We really appreciate it. Roll call of honour for today's Mr. Tony Farina, Brent from the Cinema Chat Podcast. We have John Hammond, Blake, Maths, Jax, Herb, Lucky Lulu Green, Kent Gustafson, Dylan, Haley, Heath, Matt, Carl, Mark, Paul, Alec, and Timothy. I don't know what was going on there, Dave. But anyway, big thank you to all you guys. It's really, really good. If you want to follow us on social media as well, at VHS Strikes Back. And if you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. So brilliant, brilliant stuff this week, mate. And next week, I cannot wait. For some reason, I love it when it's something so ridiculous, a shoot fighter. <laughs> and I can't wait, honestly, because I've already watched it, but I'm going to watch it again before we think, because it's just one of them films, you've got to keep watching it. It's just, And there is a sequel as well, Dave. So we have got Cage 2 to do at some point, but shoot oh, fighter, God. sequel may come so I will, I, I, I'll, For my next pick after, you know, in the next month, I, I definitely won't be picking a shitty martial arts movie, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, coming hot on the, on the heels of Cage. This is this is in the same kind of vein, isn't it? It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Mr. Horrocks, I will see you next time. Bye now. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they must be come at night. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. I'm breathing heavy. He's a fool, he's stupid. I see you in the house.